Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20, the countdown of the most popular podcasts in the world right now. My special guests this week are the Australians Bildo and Lindelin from Wine Chat. Oh, hey, my name is Billy Milovanovic, a.k.a. Bildo. My name's Lindsay Kirkwood, also known as Lindelin. And this is Wine Chat, an offensively funny podcast about drinking wine and chatting life. Some of our previous topics include Let's Get Intimate, Phobias, Never Have We Ever, and Marriage Sex Hack. I mean, basically, we talk about all the things that you would generally talk about over wine with your girlfriends. Speaking of wines, our trailer wine today, Bill, is a one of my favourites right now, a Pinot Gris. Now, Lenny, oh. are you sure that it's not said Pinot Gris? It is not, Billy. For wine clubs like yourself, you would pronounce the S. But, and we always have a little fun fact in our episodes. So this wine fun fact, Billy, it's Pinot Gris. You do not pronounce the S, it's French. Oh Pinot Gris. Oh my God. I mean, so many things we're learning already. Stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> We have a stone lay of Marabalaro. See, I can you can never, never say that. I know. And when you listen to us, <laughs> you'll realize that I cannot pronounce regions and places very well at all. But you know, it's in New Zealand. It's fine. It's Google fine. It. The Canadian education system continues yeah. to let us down. So it's a 2018 Pinot Gris. It's got a super pretty fresh summery label. Let's go. Cheers. Oh, that was a good cheers. Good. Let's do it. Mmm. Mm. So good. Oh, I like that. Fruity. Fruity. Billy. What does it say? Lindelin, let me let me tell you. There's fruit in here. Oh my god. Oak? Definitely oak. As you will learn, we are not wine people at all. I mean, we love to drink wine, but we know nothing about wine. And now it's time for my favorite part. Lenny, are you ready? No. Come on, Lenny. No. It's Just so once. annoying. People, Come I apologize. On. All right, fine. I'll do it by myself. A one. Two, see? A one, so two, annoying. three, four. Like, who in the right mind would like this? She's sitting across her, bopping her head around, snapping her fingers. So annoying. Tom, no, no, Tom, not hit the music. More from Bildo and Lindelin from Wine Chats later on the Pod 20, which is heard on Podcast Radio on DAB in the UK, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms, and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, and at number 20... Zoe, Science and Nutrition, a journey of scientific discovery hosted by Jonathan Wolfe. The latest episode is called, Is Coffee Healthy? 19. Stuff You Should Know If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered. 18. Behind the Bastards, the podcast about the worst humans in history. 17. My Therapist Ghosted Me, from Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally. 16. Real Perspective, the movie review podcast hosted by MJ Smith, Missy Lonsinger and Michael Moray. Michael, you can be brutally honest in your reviews. You didn't like the film June that much. No, um, and we're kind of against the grain on that because the critical reception to that movie was pretty positive. In fact, it won, I think, more uh, Academy Awards than anything else this year. However, we felt like it was very ponderous and a little self-indulgent. Yeah, I think Missy described it as Game of Thrones in space. Which I liked, That's right. Which yeah. I liked and, as a and we description. Got worse from there. Yeah, it reminds me. I had an old boss of mine. Do you remember that old movie? It's not that old. Well, I don't know. 
uh, Master and Commander with Russell Crowe as, yes. a, as a sailing ship mm-hmm. captain. Uh, an old boss of mine went to see it and I said, what was it like? And he said, it was gladiator on a ship. So <laughs> um, Game of Thrones in space r- reminded me of that comment. I mentioned Missy and we should mention your co-hosts, Missy and MJ, who, who yes. also present Real Perspective with you. What can you tell us about them and how did you guys get together? So I've been friends with MJ uh, since my college years. He uh, met me through mutual friends. We both have a love of film. And it's kind of where this podcast started is he uh, has dabbled in film criticism. He's he's written for several websites. And he already had an existing show called the Before and After Podcast, where he would go and talk about a movie before he saw it and what his expectations are, maybe what his experiences are with the director. And then he would an after show afterwards to go and discuss what he thought about the movie that he saw. And uh, when one of his co-hosts left, I joined on and then we made Real Perspective. Basically, having the kind of conversations that we would about anything else about film that we would normally have. I mean, we would talk about movies for hours after being in a theater and we just stand outside and so we're like, why don't we just go and continue doing this recording uh, with a recording instead? And then uh, Missy joined us uh, several years into it. Uh, we wanted to have another voice on there. She's involved with the local theater community. So between my experience doing uh, short films and writing and books and other things like that, and Missy, she's part of the local theater, and then MJ doing film criticism, we felt like it was a really good balance of perspectives, hence the real perspectives, um, when it comes to addressing film and film criticism. Yeah, it comes across really well. And I like the way that sometimes you'll all agree, sometimes you won't. I think it's tempting for people in teams like that that, for them all to go out of their way to disagree. And you, you, you start to wonder whether, well, do they, or have they all just decided to take sides here? But when you guys agree, you agree. And when one of you doesn't, or a couple of you don't, you know, uh, it comes across really well. Did you have to work on the chemistry or was it, you know, has it evolved over time or was it, was it there straight away? Yeah, I mean, I think that the chemistry is something that we always had. We're people who have um, similar backgrounds. We, I've known Missy since I was in junior high, actually. We kind of parted ways uh, because we went to different high schools and other things like that. But uh, one thing that uh, is consistent is that we've always had an interest in film, in the arts. And it's very easy to go and slip back into even that chemistry and friendship that we had back in uh, junior high or middle school. And same thing with MJ. I've known MJ for probably 15 years now. And uh, it wasn't something that took a lot of work. Maybe I think some, some people's roles or uh, positions as the, the leader of the podcast and like that, um, that kind of gets worked on over time. But for the most part, these are discussions that we would have at a dinner table after seeing a movie anyway. So it was very natural. It's a great podcast. It's called Real Perspective. And it's at number 16 this week on the Pod 20. 15. How I Built This with Guy Raz. Guy dives into the stories behind some of the world's best-known companies. 14. The rest is history. Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook are interrogating the past and attempting to detangle the present. 13. On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. 12. Hidden Brain. Shankar Vedantam uses science and storytelling to reveal the unconscious patterns that drive human behavior. At number 11, Pep Talk with Simon Squibb. Simon, you're an inspirational entrepreneur. 
You say luck is a big factor in success, and you wrote a book about it. You have a formula for hacking luck. Yeah, l- l- luck was a fascinating subject for me, and 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 I always wondered why I made it, and someone else who maybe is fifteen years old drops out of school, ha- you know, maybe doesn't make it. And so uh, I don't think I'm particularly smart. I I I so I'm quite streetwise, and I guess I've got a lot of life experience now, but I I'm not that smart. Um, and and I'm dyslexic, and I have you know these these uh, weaknesses. Right? I find it hard to focus on anything for too long, and all these things. So why did I make it when other people smarter, perhaps who who have more skill and less uh, issues, uh, haven't made it? And so I, I studied luck, and it turns out that luck basically is broken into two parts. And and if you hear this, you don't need to buy the book. And 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 simply this: two percent of your life, only two percent. And I've done a mathematical equation on this for all the people that I've studied. 2% of your life is random luck. This is luck you cannot influence. So an example of that might be where you're born. You really can't, no matter how hard you work, um, you're, you know, you're going to be born when your parents decide to have you. And that will have an effect on your life in quite a major way. We all know that. So um, depending on where you're born and, and what environment you're born into, your, your life can be dramatically affected. But it's only 2% of your life, that type of luck. The other 98% of luck, it turns out, can be influenced. And it really breaks into three elements that, that, that help you get more luck. The more risk you take, the luckier you get is a, is a better Instagram quote than the harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, but risk really does matter. And risk links to fear. And you need to really learn to enjoy fear. See fear as a superpower. It's been a bit misunderstood in today's world. People think when they feel fear nowadays, they can just say no to something and not feel fear anymore. That's a mistake. Um, the, the, you're meant to leverage fear. It, it makes you run faster, think differently, almost gives you superhuman powers. And so you need to lean into fear and, and learn to love risk. The more risk you take, the luckier you get. The other two elements are basically persistence. In a nutshell, a lot of people just don't follow through and they don't know how to follow through. They, they, they I mean, they, they, it's always used as an example via sales. You know, the, the top 10% of salespeople, a, a very famous university did a study on salespeople, the top 10% of salespeople will contact someone five times before they'll consider the lead dead. And they're considered the top 10%. So they might send them an initial email, follow-up email, a, a note, and then three or four weeks later, follow up again. And then one final time, if they don't get any response, that's it, they assume the lead is dead. Um, but the top 1% of salespeople, they had this persistent mindset. And I, I realize I'm one of these people. Um, but basically, you you never stop contacting people uh, if you feel that the product that you have, for example, is a good fit for them. And so when I started my agency business, I wrote down 50 clients that I wanted to work with. And um, it took me nine years to get all 50 clients on board. And I did that by... Um, every single month, I would find some way to connect to that company and the people behind it, where it was wishing the individual who's running the marketing department a happy birthday or sending them an insight piece around their industry and what was changing they might find useful or you know, happy Chinese New Year. Whatever I could, every single month, I found a way to connect. And that led to eventually getting all of those clients on board um, for my business. And so that was persistence. And then the final thing that you need to really increase your chances of luck a hundredfold is to know your destination. And a lot of people don't know where they're going. So I describe it like getting in a car and not knowing where you're actually going. That's what a lot of people are doing. 
They don't really know what they're trying to achieve in life, what their personal life plan is. And, and when they run a business, for example, they don't, they don't have a clear goal for the business. I call it purpose. And so, but once you know where you're going, then you know what type of car you need. Um, and people always say things like, well, you know, I want to make a billion dollar company. And I always tell people that money is just fuel for the car. And if you don't know your destination, you don't know what type of car you need. And you, therefore, you don't know what type of fuel you need. In some cases, you don't even need a car. You could probably do it on a bike, so you don't need any money. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time, people don't know their destination, and that's what um, reduces their chances of luck. So if you embrace fear, are persistent, and know your destination, then your 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 huge uh, upswing in luck often means that you make it. Well, you made it. You made it big time, Simon. And now you're helping other people make it too with the podcast Pep Talk, which is at number eleven this week on the Pod Twenty. Into the top 10 now, and at number 10, Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Ed and James invite special guests into their magical restaurant to choose their favourite starter, main course, side dish, dessert and drink. Their latest guest is Adam Buxton. 9. Freakonomics Radio Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. 8. Fox News Radio Hourly Newscast. The latest news from the fastest growing radio news network. 7. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. After 25 years at the late night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So, he started a podcast to fix that. Number 6. Wine Chats with Bildo and Lindelin. Now, you two often talk about your husbands and married life. One episode is called The Quickie. And, Bildo, you call a quickie a quiche. Yes. Why is that? I, 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 along with all my friends now, it seems. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's just, it's one of those couple things. It just kind of happened. It was like, you know how the word quickie kind of looks like quiche? And so to not... I don't know. It's just one of those couple things that happened. So we were like, hey, you want to have a quiche? Eh." Right. Okay. Yeah. And we have a quiche. (laughs) See, Graham's with me. I was going to say, Graham's face is saying it all, really. (laughs) I hear you, Graham. The word word can be confusing, though. I mean, I once said to Julie, do you fancy a quickie? And her eyes lit up because she thought I said cookie. Um, oh, oh, see, so you have cookies and we have quiches. No, but I think she actually wanted a real She cookie. actually did want a cookie, yeah. I think yeah. you need to approach with a double, you know, like with, with the cookie and, yeah. and the one. Yeah, oh, I, I see. Say, you know what I'm saying? But then the opposite gram to a quiche oh, yes. is a lasagna. Yeah. So lasagna takes a long time to cook, right? And to make. Oh, and to I make see. Lasagna. I, yes, I see. Right. Okay. So it's all about Italian food. <laughs> Fine. Sure seems that way. <laughs> okay, let's get to something serious now, something controversial. Why oh. were you labeled racists? Oh, look. Okay. So you're up. <laughs> I'm older than Billy, as she likes to make everybody aware of. And I was having a bad skin day, right? Was not feeling it. And we were about to put up an Insta story. And every time you do an Insta story, obviously you're picking a filter, right? So I said to Billy, right, Graham, right, Graham, right, beauty mode, put the beauty mode on, you'll be fine. So I'm like, oh, we have to find a filter that makes my skin look nice. Having a bad skin day. So I pick a filter and the filter has a technical glitch. And instead of making my face beautiful, it just 
blacked out my face. So my whole face just had this big black circle on it, except my eyebrows and my eyes. And we thought it was freaking hilarious because we're like, oh God, Insta thinks your skin's really crap too, because it's totally blacked out your face. We were not even concentrating on what color was on my face. We just thought it was funny that it blocked out my face. Yeah, I thought it was funny that Insta, instead of making her beautiful, just like covered yeah. her right up. It was like, I thought that was, that's actually better, to be honest. Yeah, there's no hope for you, Lindsay. We're just yeah. going to cover your whole face. And then so we posted the story and in the story, Billy had said. And, and then I said the infamous blackface word, because when I tried the filter, the glitch had gone. Filter looked great on me. Lindsay comes back into the shot and I say, oh God, I hope it doesn't give you blackface again. That's terrible. And we post the story. At the time, I think like even just the word blackface, I was like, oh, this is a touchy word. But I, because I was so like, well, this is not, this is nothing to do with race. This is nothing to do with anything in that nature. It's fine. We're just having a laugh. It's fine. And for me, I was so naive with it. I wasn't even thinking on a racial term at all. Like it could have been purple, could have been red, any color. Like I wasn't even concentrating on the color. I just thought it was hilarious that I was going on how bad I looked and that it just covered my whole face. Yeah. So we were um, signed up with this podcast company that was helping cross promote, well, helping to promote us. Um, and they emailed us pretty much within a couple hours saying that they were axing us, taking us off of their network mm-hmm. due to us being racial. We went against the rules of their network, um, which is fine in the sense of that they felt that way. But they were there was a paragraph within that email that was quite nasty, saying we were disgusting, offensive, um, disgraceful. Mm-hmm. And we got really defended at first um, because we like we just didn't see how we were being racist at first. But then we came around, we're like, well, look, if he's offended, mm. we get it. And we put our thought process on through the eyes of somebody else. And we're like, okay, yeah, hang on. We can see how that could be perceived mm. incorrectly. So we deleted it and we emailed him saying, you know, we apologize. However- but When you say him, you know, are you talking about the person from the, the podcast company? Or are you talking about somebody who yeah, made an actual yeah. complaint? No, no, the person from the podcast company. So how did yeah, they find out? They they listened to it and, and went, that's that's not right. Yeah, yeah, they follow us. So they would have seen our post. Yeah, yeah. they would have seen our story. Because um, they took a screenshot of the post as well to send yeah. to us. To, yeah. to, to, as an example, yeah. of, this is why you're being axed, basically. Oh, I um, see. So it wasn't necessarily what was in the podcast. It was the posts you did with the Insta picture no. that they yeah. got upset about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, so and was that person the- black? We don't know. And that's a good question. I don't know. Mm. And I said this in the episode when we recorded it. I said, I had a feeling that maybe he was only because not, not to like racially profile, only because I feel like the response was such that like of such like anger and like such upset that I feel like maybe it's something that they've come across. Yeah. It seemed personal. It's something that they probably experienced a lot in their lives and that just triggered them immediately. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is what it sounded like. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like Lindsay said, like initially we were very defensive, like, like, what are you, what? We're not racist. What are you talking about? Like we're, you know, we couldn't be further from that. I mean, I don't want to brag here, but I'm married to an Asian, so, you know, (laughs) but we're just so not those people. And so I think it was very, like, we took it to heart when that, when that happened, because obviously like nobody wants to be labeled racist. Definitely not nowadays. You know, it's definitely was not our intent to upset anybody in that way, but we could see how it could be perceived that way. And I think our only thing was it would have been a good conversation to have had with somebody on a professional level to say, hey, 
this is actually offensive. It could be perceived as offensive as opposed to just, you know, being so angry and culling us like that. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting conversation nowadays because it's obviously a very, very sensitive topic. It's obviously such a touchy subject all over the world. But I think you're right. I think it should have been a conversation because, you know, if someone says they're offended, you can't argue with that. They were offended, but they may have misunderstood and a conversation may have fixed that up. Or you may have realized, may not have realized that doing something like that was offensive because, and and, yeah, it's a shame that it it went straight, it went atomic straight away and it didn't become a conversation first. And I think... I think in today's day and age, you know, people are very, very quick to judge and it's everything, you know, no pun intended, becomes either black or white, you know, and and it, yeah. it doesn't, it, there isn't, there isn't this, there isn't this opportunity for people to become enlightened by hearing someone else's experience yeah. and realizing how, how you know, words and, and actions affect people. I think it's really a shame that, because it makes everybody gun shy and... Uh, and um, yeah, so so what was the outcome? Did have they have it been sorted out? Have you been put back on no, with their no. service? No, that's it. You're just branded no. now. Yeah. yeah, we never. They never we, responded. I emailed them. Yeah, and you know, first up, apologized that we offended them, but then defended our actions and why we said what we said, just to give them an idea. Um, and we never get a response. Yeah. So it's funny when you say gun shy because Billy and I haven't touched on this topic at all really throughout the whole podcast because we purposely because we didn't want to offend people because that's not our jam at all and we were we've been so afraid to say something to offend someone yeah. and then look what happens yeah and this is exactly why and this is one of the things that Arcos we kind of like discussed in the podcast episode as well it's like we just can't because it's never happened to us personally it's not we we haven't been personally affected by racism let's face mm. it you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. I mean I'm like Yugoslav she's Canadian but we're still white women in a in Australia, it's not, you know, people aren't going to be racist to us. So it's really hard for us to actually be able to recognize all the like facets of racism that exist and all the like l- different levels and nuances of racism that, that of, of things that could be racist. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. Like you said, like, I didn't think we weren't being careful is the, mm. is actually the like tragic thing of it all yeah. is that I actually thought we were all, I did, there was like a little alarm in my head when I said the word blackface, cause I'm like, oh, this is a bad word. Like, even if I'm not using it in the context of like the offensive blackface, I guess, but even just uttering the word these days gets us branded as disgusting yeah. and, and disgraceful, yeah. you know? Mm. So it's it's a really kind of scary, I think like in the one hand, like we're like, yay, one chats, we wanna be famous. Well, we don't wanna be famous, but like we wanna make this a thing and we wanna have this huge audience and we wanna, you know, do these great things with this platform. But in the other hand, it's terrifying what's happening out there with people in the media and and how quickly things can go downhill over something that you said 10 years ago now, 20 mm. years ago, you know, like something mm. that now is getting hashed. So not only is it scary what we say now, but what we said before is scary to, oh, I just don't know. You can't, it's a scary world. It's people And people are so sensitive and angry. It's, it's yeah. hard to navigate. I don't know, yeah, it's hard I, to be funny and offensive. That's why we say we're offensively funny because <laughs> we will offend you. <laughs> I, I wonder if you'd posted a picture of you two camping, would that be offensive to homeless people, you know? Exactly. Um, <laughs> we'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. don't have the internet. So. Oh, okay. So maybe there. Maybe that's a safe area to go to. Then maybe I. I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll tackle that next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just don't mention I had anything to do with the suggestion. <laughs> just just. I was just, just in case. We'll yeah. Be, no, no. We'll be tagging you in it, Graham. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. Wine Chats, direct from Australia with Bildo and Lindelin, is at number six this week.
on the Pod 20. Into the top five now, and at number five, Smartless. Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett connect people from all walks of life. Four, my favourite murder with Karen Gilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Karen and Georgia tell each other their favourite tales of murder and hear crime stories from fans. Number three, that Peter Crouch podcast. Peter's latest guest is the former Chelsea and England midfielder, Joe Cole. Two, crime junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. And at number one... Real Time with Bill Maher. Bill's latest guest is Rod Stewart. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. I don't think that people think of you as a songwriter as much as no, you I are. No, I think it's what I look like, you know, look. Well. <laughs> I, what else could I have been but a rock star? You know I, what I, mean? know. I brought you something that, that I had been uh, hanging around my house for 51 years. <gasps> oh, my God. That's my... Uh, and it smells old, <laughs> Is it, is it's it, Maggie Mae. I bought that when I was 15. No. Well, how do you think I got it? it Did you, he was 15 when he right, bought this. Right. I, I, was, I was 26. I know, but how does it feel? Do you feel anything when you see an artifact like that that uh, is about something that was so important in your life? Yeah, it, when it went to number one in the UK and America, I remember I was driving through London and it came on the radio it was number one. I just turned my car around and went back to my mum and dad's little house and gave them the biggest kiss and they were all crying. Was made it at last. And, and that, that song, I mean, this uh, bitterness that you had about Maggie Meg, you know, I don't want to see your face anymore and, you know, the morning sun really makes you look old. I mean, it's a nasty it's yeah. stuff in there. It, 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 it is. Really real. nasty. About it is. It, it really is. And it's, it's but, nearly a true story. Um, it, it was my first shag. But, first, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> lasted about four seconds. But a nasty stain on the floor. <laughs> but considering all the women you've had since then are you over the bitterness to Meg I feel like you got your revenge on her with yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. you know what because uh, yeah because I read your book your autobiography I mean oh my god the women I I, I, I mean and I remember in my life thinking oh yeah there were, I always sort of knew who your girlfriend was like, I could mark chapters of my life. Oh, yeah, I remember when he was Brett Eklund. And, oh, <laughs> my supermodels. Are, yeah, they, yeah I, I've, I mean, been, I've been very lucky because I don't, I don't really think I'm that attractive. But I must have something about me. Maybe it's the old nose. I, <laughs> are you kidding? At one time, you were dating two supermodels named Kelly. Oh, no. A lot of Kellys at one time. Yeah, I'm just but saying. But let me tell you, Bill. Looking back, it was it was nothing to be proud of. You know, I mean, seriously. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> 
I mean, uh, you, you, there's a part where you talk about going to, I remember the Dome. Yeah. Was the rest, one of the hot restaurant in the 80s, yeah. right? And you said they kind of had a bathroom just private for the beautiful people. And you, and you, you talked about having sex between courses. <laughs> well. I'm sort of embarrassed about what I did and I'm sort of proud. It was a different era. Real Time with Bill Maher is number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 107. Thanks to this week's guests, Michael Moray, Simon Squibb, Bill Doe and Lindelin, Bill Maher and Rod Stewart. Next week, my guest is the psychologist and presenter who started out as a comedian, Paul Barros. In the meantime, you can watch extended video chats with my guests on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will your favourite make it to number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, on Fridays at 5pm and across the weekend on podcast radio. And don't forget, you can influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.